Alright, good morning church. Our God is alive and uh, I hope you're excited to be alive this morning. Especially after Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great time during Thanksgiving. I want to welcome all of our family, our friends who are in town, visiting. It's great to have you here. But uh, I hope you had a great spread on the table. I hope you had, uh, whether you had greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, you name it. I I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope you spent great time being thankful for who you have and and, and what you have. Uh, You know, it was great this past weekend here. We got to play some basketball with some daring people who came out yesterday morning. Believe it or not, it was pretty warm enough to go out and play uh, and to burn off some of that turkey. Um, But it was a great time of fellowship. Uh, It made it worthwhile being out there. Uh, Losing never felt so good. I, I can't came away with zero wins, but that's all good, uh, but I did lose some calories, right, we shed some calories, so maybe we're all winners because of that, uh, but just a great time with the teens there, but then to end off yesterday, uh, being at the Hollowell's home, as we got to witness their daughter be baptized into Christ, let me have Bree stand. And uh, if you're wondering why, you know, Stan had a little extra pep in his step this morning, that's, that's why. And, uh, and so very encouraging there. We're excited for uh, their family. But uh, again, hopefully, hopefully your, your time together has been memorable and very, very special. Uh, time to slow down. Uh, because then all of a sudden, boom, Christmas season is here. And it hits you right in the face, and it seems like it comes sooner and sooner every year. And it's kind of ironic that the peace of Thanksgiving is so quickly met with the rush and the scramble of the Christmas season. A season of, the, of brotherly love can so easily turn into brotherly shove. You know, hey, get out of the way, I need that, I'm getting this. Our attitudes can go from how we can give to what I'm going to get. And as Christians, our attitude should be defined by gratitude. And that's all year long. Just because the holiday is over, uh, it doesn't mean we need to stop giving thanks. And if at any time this year we are to be defined by gratitude, it should be this season. And surely, because surely we understand the birth of Christ has had such a profound difference, such a profound impact in our lives. And so I want to get us prepared for that here. This elderly, elderly woman here decided that it was too much trouble to get all of her kids and grandkids Christmas presents. And so as she was running out of time, she thought, you know what, I'll just send them cards, and along in the cards I'll send them a check. Now, a few days after she had mailed the card, she discovered that since uh, you know she was in such a rush, she forgot to put the checks in the cards. And she started to imagine all those kids opening up these cards and written inside of them, they would read, Buy Your Own Presents. No check inside. Buy Your Own Presents. You know, it pays. It pays 
please just a little bit to be prepared, especially at Christmas. There's a lot to do, and this is one of those prepare for Christmas season because it's upon us kind of lessons. Because as quickly as it has come, it will quickly depart us as well. And so, uh, you know, so we want to prepare our hearts here this morning. If we don't prepare our hearts for Christmas, then Christmas can so easily become a bother, then a blessing. Full of headaches instead of hallelujahs. We focus on surviving instead of really celebrating this time of year. And it can become a time of missed opportunity and wishes I could have, should have, uh, would have. And all the parties and festivals and food and fun that we get into, all of that gets moved into the front and Jesus gets moved into the back. And so today I want to encourage us to prepare our hearts so that we don't miss Christmas. Amen, church? Alright, let's go here. First way here not to miss Christmas is to depend on the Father. Depend on the Father. December, it can be an incredibly hectic month. The philosophy of the world you get uh, is uh, you got to do it all. You got to get the tree, you got to trim the tree, you got to hang the wreath, you got to hang the stoppings, you got to go and work hard, work extra hours at work to be able to afford and pay off the gifts that you've already purchased. You got to work extra hard so you can work off that Thanksgiving turkey so you can look better for the pictures this year. You got to join that epic battle, consumer versus versus bargain right here. Who's going to win? And it's go, go, go. And, you know, I'll be with these people and I can't forget this. I can't remember that anymore. And man, it's just exhausting even trying to explain this right now. And yet we end up depending on ourselves through this time so often. We don't slow down and depend on God. Instead, we think, I just gotta, I gotta be strong. I gotta, I gotta somehow gut it out and work through it. And sometimes we're like, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait till it's over. I can't wait till December 26 arrives. But what happens is we're robbed of here. We're robbed of being present in the moment, which is truly the real gift. If there's ever a time to depend on God, it's when life gets busy and things get crazy. When we feel like it all depends on us, we need to remember to depend on God. You know, students, is there any stress in your life right now? Is there anything coming close here in just a few weeks coming up? Oh, there's not? Oh, you're deceived then. There's, there's projects, there's tests, there's exams. Closing out the semester strong. There's a lot there. And, and we understand that because it's been, you know, you've been doing all this work all year long. And you're trying to finish and close out strong. We don't want to push God out during this time. Amen, students? Matthew 7. It reads, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts? To those who ask Him. 
You know, here we see this picture of a God uh, who wants to be dependent upon. Of a God who is dependable. That wants us to trust in Him. Jesus tells us that we should become like children who seek their Father, who depend on their Father because our God is a God who cares. Who understands, who comforts, who provides a Father that we can depend on. And our past hurts can so easily discourage us from depending on Him again. And maybe we've tried to. We've tried to depend on someone, and and, and someone said that they could be there, they would be there, but maybe they didn't show up. But yet God is that Father that says, I'm there for you all the time. You can count on me. And He may not come in the exact way you think, or should, or would want Him to. But you can trust in Him. But Will, you know, I've tried, I've tried, I'm praying, and I've been praying, but I feel like God isn't with me. He's not answering, He's not with me. You know, to help us understand this, I got an example, you know, it's like you can't pray for an A on the exam and study for a C. You know, you, you can't pray for a faithful relationship and live an unfaithful life. What's the point here? Is that you cannot pray for something and act less. You can't question God. You can't question His abilities when your actions don't match your prayers. God is dependable. He's trustworthy. He wants us to believe in Him. Amen, church? Kids. Kids have an amazing ability to depend and trust others. If you've worked with kids, if you've served in kids' kingdom... Which, by the way, we are still looking for some awesome volunteers to serve in this rotation of uh, children's ministry coming up. I encourage you to. You will see what I'm about to explain here in just a bit in our children. But, but children just have this incredible uh, way of trusting people. Do you remember as a child the things that you would do that now you would never think of doing? You know, jumping off something really tall. Because you trusted that somebody was going to catch you. And most of the time, they did. No, most of the time. No, hopefully, hopefully all the time. Hopefully all the time they did. But you, you would do things. You would do things without question, with so much trust, with so much purity at heart. And I look at the little kids, I look at children who do that, and it's amazing, it's incredible. And I wonder what has happened in our relationship with our God, that we've gotten so far from that. Remember, when you fell in love with God, and you trusted God with everything, and with anything. And if our kids can trust their earthly fathers, then we can surely trust our Heavenly Father, and so much more. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, we read, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. It will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. How does that happen? How does it never fail to bear fruit? By trusting the Lord. 
But do we trust in our Heavenly Father? Do we depend on Him? Have we given ourselves over to Him? Have we relied on Him? I'll tell you who has this morning. Bree has. Bree made Jesus Lord of her life yesterday. It's such a great time to rejoice. Victory for God and His kingdom, the Hollowell family and the youth and family ministry. We're so thankful that young people at this age can truly trust God with so much of their life perfectly ahead of them. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. Just ask the teens who came out to play basketball yesterday. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. God will. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, your strength is limited. God's strength is unlimited. Your strength is finite. God's strength is infinite. Your strength is exhaustible. God's strength is inexhaustible. God never runs out of energy. He never gets tired. He never loses His strength. Therefore, you and I can depend on Him. When life gets busy and stress gets high this season, with things out of your control, I want to encourage you to depend on the Father. You know, celebrate those who are with us. But at the same time, we feel the loss of those who are no longer with us. You know what God says in those moments? He says, come to me. He says, come, rely on me. Come, depend on me because I am dependable. You know, number two, how not to uh, miss Christmas. We need to forgive often. Forgive often. This time of year, it's the time of year where maybe the best and the worst can come out of each one of us. When others' worst comes out, we think, man, okay, I just, I just got to bear it. You know, I just got to tolerate it. I just got to go through with it. It's no hope. It's not going to change. You know, you don't have to forgive each other. Just tolerate each other. But the cycle of hurt and lack of forgiveness in so many of our families and, and relationship, relationships just continue to spin over and over again. But we're here... Because we trust in God that He has and will continue to break those cycles. The unhealthy cycles in our lives. So let's not miss the opportunity to forgive often. I guarantee you this holiday season, you can take this to the bank, you will need to forgive someone this holiday season. It's going to happen. You're going to be in the parking lot and someone's going to take your place. You need to forgive them. You know, you're going to be in line and someone's going to act like, oh, this was my spot. They're going to cut right in front of you. You need to forgive them. Someone's going to say that they're going to bring something to that awesome potluck and you were waiting for it, but then they don't bring it. They bring the opposite that someone else already brought. God forgive them. Oh, 
school, that family member, that family member who excels at saying the wrong thing at the wrong time is on their game this year. You know what I'm talking about. They're ready. But we got to be ready to forgive. We must forgive. Why? Forgiving is not simply something we do for others, but as Christians, we do it for ourselves as well. It's not, only, it's not the only motivation, but it's certainly part of it. If you're not willing to forgive, then you're allowing yourself to wallow in bitterness. And, and it takes root in self-pity and in anger. And it's eventually going to destroy you. And we see the result of that in so many of our families. But that's why we're here to break the cycle. By bringing forgiveness into our relationships. But why? Why do we allow grudges to be held in our hearts? You know, there's a quote here you've probably seen before. It says, uh, Not forgiving someone is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold back my forgiveness of someone, you know, because that, that's going to tell them, that's going to show them. No, it's actually just killing you. Matthew 6, verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You know, Jesus tied our forgiveness of others to His forgiveness of us. And so when we read this again, make it personal as you read it. If I forgive those who sin against me, then my Heavenly Father will forgive me. But if I refuse to forgive others, my Father will not forgive me. You know, we need to forgive people. Not only for their sake, but for our sake. For our emotional well-being but also for our spiritual health and well-being. You know, if this is starting to touch home for you, then, then you know, you've probably heard this before. And, and you've attempted to make decisions. That, you know, or you've, you've, you've thought about it, but you still kind of went back and said, you know, not this year. I'm not going to freak. No, not this year. I'm not going to let go. Not this year. I want to encourage you, let it be this year. Let it be this year where you allow forgiveness to reign in your relationships. Don't waste this time. Give the gift of forgiveness. Seek forgiveness as well. You know, Ernest Hemingway once wrote this short story, and in it he told a story about a father and his teenage son who were estranged from one another. They didn't have a good relationship. And the son's name was Paco, and he had wronged his father, and as a result, he, you know, in his shame, he ran away from home. And in this story, the father searched all over Spain for Paco, but still he could not find the boy. And finally, in the city of Madrid, in a, in a last desperate attempt to find his son, the father placed... Uh, an ad in the daily newspaper. And the ad read, Paco, meet me at this hotel. Noon Tuesday. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. And the father in, in Hemingway's story prayed that the boy would see the ad. 
And then maybe, just maybe, he would, he would come and he would meet him at the time he told him to. And so on Tuesday, the father arrived at the hotel to, to hopefully see his son. And when he did, he couldn't believe his eyes. Because there was an entire squadron of police officers who had been called out in an attempt to keep order among 800 young boys. It turned out that each one of them was named Paco. And each one of them had come to meet his respective father in hopes to embrace this forgiveness that his father was offering to him. You know, this, this, this story beautifully illustrates the truth of Jesus. The truth about how we're all prodigals. There's many pacos, there's many prodigals. But you don't understand, Will. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what people have done to me. How the world has treated me. How people have treated me. And you're totally right about that. I may not exactly know your situation. But I do know this. That we have an incredible example in our Lord Jesus. And His example... Because his example says this. He was a man who was loved by all, but was rejected by all. The man who loved, but was beaten and spit upon. The man who loved, but was put on a cross. And when he was put on that cross, what was it that he communicated to them? Was it, you guys hurt me. You did this to me. I'm so angry at you. No. It was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A heart of love, a heart of forgiveness, also a heart that through this, I can't get bitter. Through this, I can't blame. i got to see it through depending on God forgiving others. So let's forgive early. And let's forgive often so we don't miss Christmas. Amen, church? Alright, we're coming in for a landing here. Third point, so that we don't miss Christmas, we've got to worship the King. Worship the King. Every year we're saying we're going to cut back this year. We're going to simplify our lives. We're going to have a family Christmas that truly focuses on the real reason for the season, that's Jesus. But every year, advertisements beckon. The children plead. Beyonce has a new CD that comes out. Gilmore Girls is back on Netflix. (laughs) And it seems so easy to just indulge in our wants and in our whims. Overspending, overeating, materialism, the busyness, the rob us of our peace and joy. But they rob Jesus of His rightful role as the center of this celebration. Don't miss Christmas. Worship the King. Why should we worship? What do we have to celebrate? In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about them more specifically. But if you're, if you're here today and you're asking that, that's a great question to ask. I encourage you to ask someone to talk about that. Because we're not just celebrating that a baby was born. 
But we're celebrating what He brought with Him. We're celebrating the gifts that He brought to us. We're celebrating who that baby is and what that baby has done. Luke 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We celebrate because Jesus came to proclaim the good news to the poor. Because He came to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. To give recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the Lord's favor. You know, and some of us have experienced these types of freedoms. I mean, physically. In ways that God has healed you. Uh, physically and, and emotionally. So many answered prayers in this room. And God has moved in your life. Many of us have been able to experience this spiritually. That God has healed us. That He has set us free from the chains of, uh, of addiction. The chains of, well, you know, this is just how my family cycle is and I'm only destined to repeat it. We've been set free from the sin that separates us from God. Separates us from relationships with others. Separates us for what and whom we were created for. And that's to worship the King. To worship Him. Has God set you free from anything that you were enslaved of? Because if He has, man, you got to celebrate. we got to celebrate. you got to worship the King. Oh, it's because of my hard work. You know, I'm just so diligent and disciplined. No, it has everything to do with God. He's broken those chains. And through God's strength and His power, He has helped you, He has helped I, to be healed. Isn't it amazing that the closer you get to God, the more you start to see the world so differently. You just see it. So Your eyes are just opened up. To the truth, and you're set free. You start to appreciate what you have. You start to see things so differently. You start to see that maybe some of these things that we so casually invited and allowed in our lives are very destructive when we thought no, they're not a big deal. You start seeing things differently. You start seeing hope in hopeless places. Jesus just restores our sight. You know, and again, I, I encourage you to continue to give thanks in all circumstances. Continue to acknowledge what we have and who we have. It's mind-blowing when you can take the time to really reflect. I sat out and just thought about, how did I get here? What am I doing with my life? Not in a bad way. Just how, how in the world did I get here? I never would have saw this happen. Counted the blessings. But you know, I also counted the hardships. I also counted times where we're, we're in that, that tension. Right? We're in that tension of the battle that we are in spiritually. 
Because, you know, we don't want to get so caught up and so nervous and scared and back away from the front line, but we also don't want to cross that line. But we're in that tension. That's a good place to be. You're wrestling, you're struggling with your heart, your obedience and trusting in God to worship Him, to forgive other people. I encourage you to continue to. Because eventually when you look at God and you see Him in His Word and working in your life and how He's worked in your life, you start to realize that my proper response to that is to worship Him. And I hope that we could have a worshipable time with Him during this Christmas season. You know, Psalm 105, as we close out, Psalm 105... It reads, verse 3, Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let the Lord and His strength strength seek His face always. Remember the wonders He has done, His miracles, and the judgments He pronounced. When's the last time you were in awe of God? When's the last time He wooed you? You know, He just swept you off your feet. You started to realize, wow, this is, this is so God. It's just so hard to believe where we are at because of Him. You know, we stop thinking about His wonders, we then begin to wander. We begin to wander from the truth. We begin to wander from a heart of gratitude. We're aimlessly living life. We're haphazardly living life when we were meant to have purpose and to live it to the full. My challenge to us here during this Christmas season here is look back and praise God for what He has done and where He has brought you and what He has saved you from. Look around. Look around you for what and who He is in your life now and what He has blessed you with today. And look ahead. Look ahead and praise God for what is to come as we close out the year. As we have a few weeks left to really end strong and welcome and embrace with great faith 2017. Let's depend on the Father this Christmas season. Let's forgive often. Let's worship the King so that none of us, none of us, miss Christmas. Let's close out in a word of prayer. I thought in heaven, there's so many things in our hearts to be able to give thanks for. And first of all, we want to give thanks to you for life. Thank you that at this time, this place that we are in is perfect. The timing, everything we have, everywhere we go, and the people we have right now, it is so perfect. I pray that you would help us to see that. I hope that you would help us to see that during this time where it could get so busy and so hectic, I pray that we would depend on you. Help us to depend on your strength, on your energy, on your heart, on your precepts and your decrees and your laws that we could fall in love with them so that we can be successful and we can grow spiritually even during this time where we could so easily 
wander, or we could so easily be robbed of the meaning of this time. That we can also forgive others so that in our hearts we can present ourselves to you blameless, so that we could worship you in a powerful way, in a real sincere way, so that we're not playing church, we're not communicating one thing and then doing another thing, but that inwardly we are being renewed. And we know, Father, we need you because we too want to be forgiven so that we could properly worship the King. Bless this time, bless this afternoon that we have together. So thankful for you and for your church. And it's in your Son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.